Welcome to Free Burn. This is Matt Ballard, your host. This is the podcast where we talk all things mental and behavioral health in the first responder community. Real life firefighters, police officers, EMTs and paramedics, clinicians, and doctors. It's time we have the real conversation and burn the stigma behind first responder mental health, one podcast at a time. Welcome back, folks. It's Matt Ballard, Free Burn 2023. Today we have a longtime friend, co-worker, uh, Adam Brooks, firefighter, EMT for the city of Balt Springs. Uh, Adam Brooks has been there for 18 years, 38 years old, married, two kids, born in the great state of Texas, Dallas to, to be specific. Isn't that right, Adam? Yeah, that's right, Dallas, and I uh, grew up in Mesquite right next door. Yeah. And then uh, moved to a small town of one stop sign, one gas station, one church. Right on. Big change after that. <laughs> yeah. But well, that dude, was I'm a lot better. That, yeah, I'm excited that you're on, man. I, I, I uh, thank you for trusting us and doing this. Um, I know it's not always easy to share your story. So thank you for advance and uh, for coming on and willing to yeah. share, brother. Thanks for the invite because you know, that's uh, it's important for for you, for me, for you know those that are listening yep and like you said before it's about them today we are at 52 deaths already by suicide reported deaths and they're i think they're at 60 percent accuracy so i'm sure there's it's, it's probably a little bit higher than that you know there's probably a lot that hasn't been reported so 52 39 firefighters 13 emts that's where we're at already this year. Totals for last year were 93, 85 fighters, 12 EMTs, and one dispatcher. So something's going on, man, you know, and that's what we're here for to try to get to the bottom of it and just have that conversation and, and just let people know that there's other options besides suicide, you know. Get out there and get some help and uh, find the right resources and, man, just keep, keep continuing your life. It's, it's not always easy, but... It's possible. You got two guys sitting right in front of you right now that can show that it's possible. So with that being said, yeah. brother, let's get into it. Let's tell us a little yeah, bit about you know, uh, your journey, man. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, real quick going off of what you were just saying, you know, when we had those statistics where it was a, heart, a cardiac arrest or, you know, uh, natural things going on with our body that, that were killing us or, you know, of course still do, or it was, yeah. you know, they were a little bit more understandable. Um, this is, this is kind of getting into that realm where we're just now trying to get scratching that surface. Right. So, yeah. Um, I do want to share some things today that it's not popular. It's not fun to hear sometimes. Um, quite honestly, it can be kind of embarrassing for the person telling it. It can be, um, fearful, uh, you know, but you know what, that, that, that's got to stop for me. That's still, my story has got to be told like so yeah. many others have to help that number decline and, uh, see it back down. Not at one anymore, at least, um, that's, you know, that's the end goal. All. Obviously that's the end goal. Yeah. Right. But I'm sitting there looking at this too. It was 2010, by the way, when they started reporting what I see on their site. But 52, bro, I mean, already this year. Yeah. 
until that number is at zero, I will never. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I just want to throw that in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So yeah, like, uh, like we've already established, I was born here in Texas, Dallas, uh, been, uh, born and raised in the DFW Metroplex all of my life. That's all I know. Um, I'm proud of that too. So, uh, as you know, uh, I think sharing some early childhood stories or just, uh, you know, going in from the beginning is, is a good, uh, yeah. Uh, I was born, uh, I have a five-year-old five, uh, a brother that's five years older than me. Uh, I was born into a family that was already divorced, a uh, broken family. Uh, so didn't know any difference right off the bat from that really at all. Uh, you know, divorce is so common anyways. Um, it, there was a lot of us that were, were in that boat growing up, uh, yep. friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had a stepdad in my early years that honestly, I can't even remember him really being a part of my life, uh, to an extent that, that a dad should be, I can't remember it. Right. Um, but I was grateful that, uh, God sent in a, uh, a stepdad in my life that my mom's still married to the, to this day, uh, in about my sixth grade year. So he kind of, he kind of came in in that right spot still where there was a lot of opportunity for, uh, uh, to, to raise a kid. Um, uh, he, uh, just really, I mean, you want to talk about like the, the dad who was out there throwing the football with me and, you know, helping with, with sports. And one of the best things I ever did was, was get into sports, uh, football to be exact, because it just helped me learn to be in that team atmosphere. It allowed me to be a part of a, a lot of guys, older guys, coaches in particular that, it really, I could see, uh, you know, be around a lot of men and, yeah. uh, some of them were veterans and of, uh, Vietnam and all of that too. So, you know, you get to really experience some, you know, some good tough love at the same time going through all the, <laughs> uh, the football yeah. thing. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, my own relationship with my dad, uh, he he passed away a few years back from a from a uh stroke uh a sudden stroke at work and out of the blue uh like i said uh yeah real heavy drinking problem um i'm sure he had his own mental issues to deal with my dad saw him every other weekend type deal mm-hmm. uh don't really i don't blame him for anything um right whether that's some of these things caused growing up, whatever, into adulthood. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I never really put two and two together on that. Heck, I was just, I'm just living my life and have a lot of, God sent a lot of great men yeah. in to, uh, to help with that. But I share all that because there's probably a lot of, a lot of, maybe there's a lot of guys listening that, or women too, that just didn't have that uh, yeah. dynamic growing up. Right. Uh, <clears throat> it played a part with me, you know, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, okay. It wasn't like my dad wasn't there. He was there, but it was like, probably listened to it on my first podcast. Just wasn't around 
a whole whole lot you know right i did see him every Absolutely. other weekend but there was a whole nother set of, set of circumstances that right played a part in that too but it did it did play a small little part in in some of my stuff so yeah yeah i probably shouldn't deny it didn't do something i mean there's probably some in the yeah, something I mean, in the background there um but uh so i've shared before too that uh coming up you know into high school i was a junior in high school when 9-11 happened mm-hmm. um so it was it was an it was a time period where getting ready to graduate almost and i had some t- decisions to make uh about my career path i uh graduated in may of 03 so we uh as a nation uh you know went to war in in the march of that year 03 so i was i was wanting to join the military it was pretty heavy on my heart uh but melissa my wife now we were dating at the time so it was just kind of hard to to break that uh just that i mean it yeah. that was a this big deciding factor obviously i knew that uh i looked into being a state trooper um wanted to wanted to do something in that realm i i, I didn't know it was going to be firefighting and until at an early age i remember um one day i was at my grandparents house and we had this uh you know it was at make lake june and master so it was uh-huh. like, it was a busy part of town for dallas fire department and <laughs> for sure it is today but Oh heck, that was probably thirty something years ago now. Uh yeah. I remember I remember uh, a lot of car wrecks happening on that street. You could hear it from the road. She was like the second one from Masters on on that side street. And that's where and they lived. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh I'd go over there and visit. Man, we would we'd hear those car wrecks happen, run out there and see what was going on and see all the ambulances and fire trucks show up and heck, yeah. man, I probably saw two or three structure fires, Dallas fought and structure fires on at, at five years old right. till all the way to eight years old. So it was like, I, it had this impact on me that I knew I wanted to do something in that realm. Right. At an early age. Um, that's right outside our district for people that don't yeah, know. Absolutely. That's odd that yeah. you came almost back to square one to be a fireman. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's, yeah. A small world, like they say, it just <laughs> yeah. does not, it just amazes me every time that stuff like that happens. Right. Um, so graduated high school. Well, a little bit before we graduated high school, I had a, a good friend of our, uh, mine that we played football together and everything. And he's like, of course, graduated the same year. He's like, Hey man, we go out to East Texas and go to this fire Academy. And I think I know that. Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's like, man, yeah, let's go together and uh, definitely. And uh, a lot of the deciding factor in that was my brother being a four years prior to me going to academy. He was already hired in Garland and yeah. to this day he still works there. Um, so now it's kind of evolving into this clear path of right. what I'm going to do. And before going to academy, during academy, even testing the 12 times that it takes most of us or more, a couple years, three, four years for some. Yeah. We talked about the uh, one and done guys. I was not a one and done. 
So you wasn't a one and done guy either. No, that you see, they had algebra on these things and on these tests. <laughs> right. And that's a problem for somebody who doesn't understand algebra. <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with give, you, brother. Give me something else, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Let me wrestle somebody. I No kidding, man. Just let me do some physical work yeah. to test. To, to I mean, I know that's part of the test too, but good lord. Yeah. So uh <laughs> We graduate fire academy and uh, it's on the job hunt. So it comes around that I, I test for Balt Springs. Uh, I, I actually failed uh, the test first go around in the oral, oral interview because I was so dang nervous. Yeah. I didn't know which way was up. <clears throat> Gosh, I, <clears throat> that was a whole different ball game to me. That, that, that Being afraid of speaking in front of people and then you have that deciding yeah. your next 30 years that, that how, was just too much you, when you did that first interview 21? 20 years old i was 20. 20 years old at that time um you're still just a baby man yeah I, the only people i talked in front of were friends and it was yeah. very casual so <laughs> right it wasn't anything dealing with this uh type of of pressure mm -hmm. so test around a few places um just like i say you know the the first uh first testing the first uh cycle of tests i just couldn't get through so finally this one came back around again ball yeah. springs and uh the lord showed his favor and gave me some confidence that yeah. second go around and it worked out <coughs> started so you, out on <clears throat> i'm sorry you got you got hired in what year 2023 so i got hired in november of 25 20, uh, 2005 uh, 2005 yeah yeah 2023 what am i talking about you've been there way longer than that well <clears throat> it is so 2005 so. <laughs> yeah exactly um 2005 you get hired yeah get hired um start out on c shift and yep. really loving my crew and um we know back then just the amount of experience you were getting was insane uh as, according to the you know, in relation to the Metroplex, we were just getting, it, it was equivalent, I, I would assume, to to Dallas in some areas yeah. uh, in in respect to the amount of fires and the wrecks on the highways that, you know, interstates that went through our uh, city and everything. Yeah. So, you know, you come, I come off that rookie year. Uh, with quite a lot of experience in, in my book. I know that was just only one year, but there were so many guys that uh, other departments that I was hearing that, that didn't even have the amount mm -hmm. in, in 20 years. Yeah. It was it was crazy. Um, we I, were the I, exception to the rule there for a long time <clears throat> as far as fighting fires and stuff like that. I, mean, I don't know. You just had to be there to understand it. I mean, we were really fighting fires all the time, it seemed like. You know, man, I, you know, you remember you'll be on one fire, you'll clean it up and then you'll get caught out, uh, oh, yeah. called out for another one. I mean, right. Yeah. That's happened that wasn't several times back in the day. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't uncommon in some, some, uh, months of the year. Yeah. Um, but Hey, we were young and we enjoyed that. So loved it. Loved every we were, second of it. Yeah. That was great. I mean, I mean it was just somebody's house to burn down, but I mean, we're there to no, do a job and that's right. We did it. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. And I will say that uh, going off of that note that I never had anybody 
uh, in those early years uh, lose their life to any no. any fire. Uh, it was it was one later on in my career that yeah, uh, same here. that happened. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but it was the wrecks, man. It was the trauma seeing horror movies type stuff in the wrecks was was playing yeah. a, a big part, I think, in what was about to come. Right. Um, so, you know, continuing on, I get off of my rookie year and two weeks after my rookie year, man, they, they lay it down on me. Hey, you're moving to B shift. And that was, that come from chief of the department. I'm like, I was devastated. Um, I don't remember. Why did they move you for? I don't remember why they moved you. So me and Trey had, uh, Trey had been moved over on C shift. And then yeah. when, for some odd reason, uh, we almost oh, had the same year experience, same amount of time in, and they just moved me back over to B shift instead of him. So, yeah, it was a weird deal. I, I don't know. It all works out, right? I guess. Well, see, <clears throat> did he? He went to B. I mean, to C shift, right? So I worked. I worked with him for six months. Okay. My, all my rookie year with him, and yeah. then got moved over to B shift. So that's right. Yeah. Devastating, man. He. <laughs> It it was it was just a whirlwind. Like wow, you just get used to a group of guys, and then all of a sudden, just bam! You know, like yeah. I thought I thought we had years left to, to be with each other and right. continue to fight some fire and everything. But you move on, and you're you're a man, so you just kind of put your man britches on and get you, after you work. You're, yeah. you're still fighting fire. We're still uh, I come on shift with you, and we're still just getting after it. You know, just yeah. absolutely tearing it up i mean it, it was just insane how much yeah uh, fire was was going on in the wrecks but so fast forward a little bit um i don't know five plus years in you know you you kind of get accumulated uh there's a there's a accumulation of a lot of stuff right there and i remember on a few calls just going home and there wasn't a you always heard in the book and textbooks and stuff about CISD and stuff, but that was only in the textbooks for me and us. Uh, yeah. That wasn't, that was just answers on a test. That wasn't real life. And we would just go home or I would and basically just get emotional over it on my own and cry my eyes out and just, yeah, it, it really was that way. Um, think about it for weeks on end. And yep. finally that, that would leave things would get seem like they were getting better. And then you would hit that next call that messed you up and then so on and so forth. I think a, a combination with that. And for those that don't understand, uh, living with a group of guys that often and staying with them, it can be stressful too. Uh, we're all men. We're all trying to, you know, we love each other and we're brothers, but man, it, it can be stressful with that many relationships and hard heads, I should say. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with the amount of stress that we dealt with in that city, not only from call volumes, but just <clears throat> not saying anything bad about the department of the city. I mean, it was just no. living life. Right. But I mean, there's a lot of stressors there, you know, we wasn't making a lot of money back then. So you had that stressor outside of the department, but then also you had the stressors of, you know, not doing the, the critical incident stress debriefings or, you know, stuff like that when 
we're running these bad calls, whether it's fatality accidents or child CPRs or whatever they are. I mean, you run a gamut, right? I mean, it's everything. Yeah. And when you're not doing that stuff, uh, it just starts stacking. And that's exactly what happened to me. And, it, you know, from, you know, we've talked, I can't tell you how many times, but, uh, yeah, I think it's very similar for you too. You know, it's just that stacking of, of traumas, both outside yeah. and inside, that just eventually run its course on you. You know, I believe so. And you, you saying that, you know, a lot of people need to hear what we're saying because it's so, I think it's so, even though scenarios and the little bit tidbits here of people's journey is different, yeah. I think a lot of it can be the same. And so yeah. they need to hear what's going on. Um, so uh, when I was 25, so I would already been on the department uh, f- uh, four years when I was 26, I had my first uh, uh, child, a daughter, yep. and then two years after that, I had uh, my son. <clears throat> so it's been about eight or nine years in now where, well, maybe 10 years, uh, you know, 10, 12 years in that uh, the child, I had, I've been spared up to this point uh, on child incidents. Right. Calls. Uh, but seems like it hit when I did have one that uh, child was the same age as, as Carter. So, and that was under one year of age. Um, right. You know, that, that child had uh, passed away and that, that, that was the first one there that like, Whoa, okay. Take us. That was, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you it's know, I opening for sure. Yeah. Very, very much. So, you know, you, it's just it, a lot of people just don't experience. I mean, most people, right, don't experience that connection at all. No. Yes, yeah. that's that's very weird and and not normal to experience. It's just not that. natural. Yeah, to see that no. happen, it's just not natural. You know. So, I mean, like another unnatural thing was my first very first CPR as a rookie was thirty four year old in a nursing home. Yeah, a male that like that was that was just strange being that young yeah that's weird yeah so it's not common for that for somebody no. that young you know you expect 80 90 years old that hey man you know it's still tough to you know you're, right you're you're doing cpr on somebody but someone that young at a nursing yeah. home anyways so uh 10 12 years in now we're we're sitting you know in that middle area of, of according to where i'm at now Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the fires kind of slowed down. Those weren't the stressful things The the wrecks even today continue on. Um, that's, that's the main trauma thing right there. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of these calls that are, that are just, it's not the, uh, I've heard other people say this too, that blood and guts is one thing, but when you, when it personalizes, the call that's where it that's where it is weird that's yeah. where it gets weird for your brain mm-hmm. the five senses um, uh, the what the five senses okay have you talked about that in in therapy and stuff like that like seeing smelling uh, hearing well I, I yeah now that you you describe what you're saying yeah um you know i i thought it was the, that the simple, triggering things yeah correct yeah Right. Yeah. You know, you do, you do get those triggers. Mm-hmm. 
where whatever sometimes you see or smell or hear something yeah it's true yeah. brings that back um so as we're as we're as i'm going on in my career um at this point it's right around the time that i had my kids they're young um my first rewind just a little bit uh my first bout with any kind of anxiety or anything like that was back in to uh, the first year about uh 06 was yeah. was the time frame i just had gotten married uh got the fire department job and got my uh first house within six months so you know go figure i mean that's just a lot for 21 yeah, year yeah, old a lot on to, your shoulders now for for sure yeah um so went through a few months of like, just, whoa, this is a huge deal. Just trying to take all that in. Finally, that passes. All right, we're moving on with life. We have kids, young ones uh, yeah. at this point. And anyone knows that that's obviously going <clears> to <throat> add some stress too. But, uh, you know, I, I started noticing that um, at work, I really, I really couldn't handle, I don't know if it was because of the, 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 the mental trauma that I went through that that's all coming together at this point that mm -hmm. as a kid, maybe, and then all these calls and stuff, and I'm getting real irritable with, with, uh, folks at work my, and at home, um, really anxious around groups. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And to the point where, you know, if, if somebody was to, to, to make me upset, I mean, it wasn't nothing for me just to go off and have to apologize later. Sure. Almost like a, you know, you just couldn't control it, I guess. And that's an excuse, but it just seemed like it. I've been there. You probably remember some. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we did that together. And we're, I remember we're some like... of yours. <laughs> just be fair about it, right? <laughs> hey man you know it's crazy it's like <clears throat> we can laugh on this side of it because oh yeah you know and obviously we still we still can get upset about stuff but you know that's a whole nother story yeah you kind of know the background of why it is now huh yeah it's a, little, it's a little bit easier to overcome those things now sometimes yeah sometimes and, yeah you know and then just use your resiliency and you know, techniques to bring yourself back down into that green area and get out yeah. of that red as fast as you can kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. So, um, <clears throat> I'm continuing on working there and, uh, I, I get this weird feeling, uh, one day that I just can't be around the group and I have to go to the back bunk. And that was the first time this happened like multiple times where my heart rate would rise up to 120 beats a minute. Yeah. I had to sit there and do breathing exercises in my bunk and I wasn't going to let anybody know that it was happening. Didn't want to make a big deal on it. <clears throat> Just whatever. Yeah. And, that's that, uh, stigma. that's that stigma, brother. You know? Yeah. I think at that point I, I probably didn't even know that it, that's what it was at the time, but just, I didn't know the name, uh, a name to put yeah. on it, but yeah, it was definitely there. Like I ain't letting nobody know I got this going on. Shoot. We're about yeah. to get tones dropped and we're going to do, do our job. Right. 
so I'd calm down and I'd go back up to the front and everything. And I just, I remember the, the relief it was to just get off work, but I'd go home and be by myself. And it just, at some point it got to where I wasn't even doing daily chores anymore at home. It was laying in bed all day and it turned into months, months of this stuff. And it turned into, this is where my first, I already told you about my first anxiety kind of issue. And then now this is my first thoughts of what uh, suicide maybe is like, or that, that that's the whole crazy realm right there that starts up and suicide ideations. Yeah. 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 Not acting on anything at that time. Just having it was just thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, so at that point, months of this goes on and I'm just, when I'm at home, I'm not paying attention to my, <clears throat> to my family. I've, I've got the TV on and I'm just staring straight at it and I can't think about anything else, but this weird way I'm feeling and can't do anything about it. So I'm just, I'm just feel really strange. And we get to the point where I finally have a nervous breakdown at, at home one day and my wife is like, okay, enough is enough. We're just going to go to the hospital. Right. So we go to the hospital and, uh, she just, I mean, I've already shared with her at this point that I've kind of had these thoughts of, of killing myself. I'm not serious about it, but you know, I've thought about it more than I have in the past, Mm -hmm. which is very unusual for me. So we get there and she, she tells them to get us in there and to get us somebody seen that, Hey, my husband's suicidal help us out. You know, we need some help. We didn't know what to do other than that. Uh, right. Especially, I don't know. We just didn't know this whole mental health thing was just not even on our radar of what, what even the options were. Right. So we get in there and, uh, they did the typical vital thing and brought in their psychiatrist and all that. And told, tried to explain to her what was going on with me, but, it just, I can't explain to her. She just, she understood it as she told my wife, these exact words that he's, he's in a living hell in his mind. I mean, okay, that's pretty much it, but she didn't want to prescribe me anything. She didn't want to give me, yeah, she didn't, they didn't give me any resources. Nothing at all. Huh? Nothing at all. Just nothing at all. Uh, this was, uh, they discharged me. I mean, I'm suicidal. I'm a first, they know I'm a first responder Yeah. and I'm not blaming the hospital, man. They're, they, they probably, I don't know. They got such weird, you know, protocols too. So no blame on them, man. They, they're just trying to do their job too. Uh, Right. Which it's just crazy though, to me that they can just let somebody out the damn door Yeah. and go on, you know, you're good. (laughs) Right. So a few weeks passes by, I go see my doctor, get on some meds. Um, they may have worked. They may have not felt a little bit better. I, I really can't say it was great. Um, yeah. Go to a counselor one time that an outside of the hospital counselor. You were still working this whole time, right? When you were, yeah, I was still working. I was still doing those, uh, weird, uh, so yeah, through this whole time, I'm doing those weird, uh, like moments where the anxiety is so bad at work that I just have to go to my bunk and like chill. Yeah. 
yep. just get away from everything. And this is, it's just weird. Right. So, uh, yeah. And, and still on my days off, just kind of laying in bed and, or watching TV, man, that that's so unlike me. Yeah. <clears throat> and I go see this guy and we do a, uh, initial inpatient type deal. You know, they got us talk to you, get your background and all that. And he, I mean, I, he didn't do it, but I, I could just see him right then and there at the end of this session that he probably just internally shrugging his shoulders and going, don't know what to I do. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just, there was no, uh, there wasn't even a follow-up thing. It was like pretty much like we're not, we're not seeing you back here because it's not going to be any reason. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so they just didn't like, know what okay. to do, right? I mean, no, they, I don't think it? so. That's that's what how I took it. I think that I may have not been in explaining it correctly either, but at least start somewhere, I guess. Yeah, I mean, maybe well, it one all visit, comes out. I mean, one visit's not going to do. You know, no, you don't even it, know each other really by that time. Yeah, so know. I insisted that I get that I get back there, but just I mean, there did. wasn't. No, I just didn't feel good about it. It just yeah. wasn't that. Oh yeah, this is gonna help. Yeah. Uh, which I guess a lot of times you you think that even when that real help is there. But anyways, continue on. Um. Things seem to just kind of that 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 realm of um, laying in bed all day. I finally had to just start forcing myself uh, to kind of just get out of it. Yeah, uh, quit just being in that crap. I, I, I guess I just forced myself in some ways. Life just went on, um, buried it, whatever yeah. it is. I guess so. Now we're coming up into 2017, 2018 area. Um, I had a lot of, as a child, I had a lot of alcoholics in my family. And I drank back in high school. Yeah. A lot. Uh, took a, took a pretty, I would say I was a heavy drinker in high school. I could almost consider myself an alcoholic at some point in high school, I would think. I mean, yeah. I'm sure somebody would probably diagnose me as that. Right. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of got out of that little, uh, thing, drinking thing for a while in my twenties, um, got into some sports and really just was, it was hindering that. So I kind of had my mind on other things. Right. Got done with sports. Uh, got, you know, drinking was a little bit more easy to do, got back into that and, uh, just, it was just convenient. Yeah. Um, 2020 rolls around and so we're locked in and, but liquor stores are still open. Uh, I mean, I literally, I remember this now talking, I, I literally walked into the liquor store one day, beer store, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> There was about four people working in there and a couple of customers. And I said, well, dang, I guess COVID ain't shut down all the liquor stores for us alcoholics, have they? <laughs> and nobody really laughed nobody, or even said laughed, anything. Huh? Yeah. They, they probably thought this dude is damn. Okay. <laughs> Just loud mouth being 
being weird. It's true though, so, right? They were they wasn't going to shut them liquor liquor stores down. For hell, sure, no, uh, uh-uh. and and you know it was I was like, man, you know, just trying to make a joke out of it, you know, and mm-hmm. knowing dang good and well I was there to get drunk. But yeah, so was everybody else. So whatever, right? Yep. Uh, I'm drinking steadily and it's picking up and I'm having fun with it. It's a good old time and got the pool here at the house and it was hot. So, you know, all summer long, you know, we're just, we're just doing that and drinking and yeah. Uh, mainly me drinking. About to, uh, 2017. That was about the time, the first time that I went through some of my junk was around that time. And I remember yeah. coming to you and talking to you about some stuff, you know, about medicines and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I do uh, remember that specific phone call. I was in my shop working that day, and uh, I remember just the question you asked of, hey, those meds you taking, they still helping you out? Yeah, that was like, the second time that I went through. Yeah, yeah that was your second time uh, through this shit. And uh, yeah. it kind of yep. struck me. I was like, yeah. And I never really followed up with that which nowadays that would have been a totally different story i would have definitely that would have been no better follow up sure we're educated um so um it's it's during covid and all that uh you know uh have a loss of actually you know during this time lost my father-in-law to covid having to deal with uh you know, all of that junk, that was, that was tough. Seeing my wife, you know, distraught and all that too. Um, Time goes on, passes on and from that. And uh, my drinking is still steady. Now, now I'm to the point where this is, this is a, this is a very toxic environment for me. It's a, it's definitely a downward spiral at this point because I have a job that I don't want to go to. I have, I feel trapped in this career because I don't want to do it anymore yeah. because of the bull crap station life and the calls. And I just don't want to go there anymore, but I have no other option. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, so that's what I'm doing on my off days now is just drinking. Um, mm-hmm. Kids aren't in school, so there's no responsibility of, of having to worry about going and getting them. But it, it eventually turns into me just, you know, I'd run out of beer and I'd go get more. And this was a drunk driving thing at this point. Yeah. So risky behavior starts really, really uh, being being done up. In yeah. my standards, in my standards of risky behavior, that's right. <laughs> that well, is. Driving drunk would be risky behavior, bro. You know that. Uh, I mean, and you know, I say in my standards because I'm pretty sure that there might be some people say, "Oh, you know, that ain't too bad," but well, that's yeah, it's pretty pretty serious. We uh, know the outcome really of what that can cause, <clears throat> just by the jobs that we do. You know, yeah, right. So you know, I'm thinking, man, uh, you know, around town or whatever, I'm just driving around, you know, and going here and going there. But I'm at the same time thinking, you know what? If I got a DWI, so what? It just give me an out. I could, yeah. I could just leave it. I could, it, it would be my way out of this situation, you know, and I would be, it would force my hand. Right. Which is crazy to think, you know, that somebody could get to that place, uh, that kind of logic. I wouldn't yeah. call it logic, but, um, 
So I'm, I'm in this cycle of risky behavior, drinking, feeling bad about it, uh, going to work, regretting it. The cycle continues the next two days that we're off and breaking down at work by myself and having nervous breakdowns internally and crying and thinking I should, I need to, I shouldn't have done that. This is crazy. Yeah. Just the shame and guilt of it. Um, then, then at some point I remember these, the old thoughts of how to kill myself yeah. were creeping back in and just, I remember just hours and upon hours and I, I know I'm was not there, exaggerating. Was there something that triggered you to that point during that, that those thoughts coming back around? Was there something that, was it a call or was it just the well, constant spiraling you down or did you run a bad call that kind of triggered that or what was it? Or do you remember? So I, I did have a bad call. I think, I think this was twofold. It was one thing that was like, a, like I mentioned, I think I just felt trapped yeah. in my whole situation that I, I didn't know what else to do as a career. Yeah. I didn't want to do this anymore. I was almost there to retirement. I don't know if I can hold on for four or five more years right. <clears throat> to draw it. And then, yeah, there's another call that, that just like, you know, when my, the boy was, you know, under one years old. Now I get a call with an eight year old and he's also eight, you know, ejected on the highway and they were on their way to church as a family. I think it was around a family of six, yeah. six or seven. Mm. Just that whole scene in itself was just the, the most hurt, the most from the family members, um, like just chaos that I've seen. Yeah. And, uh, that was the first call where <clears throat> I actually thought I, I was actually not going to be able to be fit for duty anymore. Uh, because I, I actually, I mean, I did my job there initially. Uh, we, we did what we could, uh, just too many injuries that were sustained that, that wasn't going to matter for what we were doing. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, so now, now it's a personalization call again. And it's just, I remember breaking down on the, in the middle of the highway with at least 75 people, maybe a hundred people out there with bystanders and other first responders from other cities and just absolutely wondering why this is the first call ever that now I can't perform, um, yeah. to the capacity that I have always. And I was, I remember going into the back of the ambulance help initially helping out. And I said, you know what? I got to step out. I got to have another guy come in here and handle this because you're not, I'm not going to be valuable to you right now. And yeah. that me saying those words was like, what? I mean, that's what I'm here. That's what I was born to do. Yeah. Was to be valuable in these situations. And it was like, wow. I mean, I actually said that. So then I had, you know, so, that goes on and, and then we that that whole situation happens and then something that that uh in other in other times that i've told this story that i didn't mention but i remember now is that i during this time it was football season for carter mm -hmm. and uh i remember going to practice the next day or two days uh after this incident 
and one of the coaches on the on the team below him, grade wise, it was his nephew, and oh, another man. personalization thing there. And what's the like really, you know, yeah. just send it all off again, and it just feeling so bad for them, and and it's just it's just crazy hitting home so so close. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, bro. I didn't and, know that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's golly. I had no idea until I showed up to that practice and I'm thinking, you know, there was a prayer circle going on and all this stuff and started asking questions and I'm like, Oh, oh what? Yeah. Holy crap, I connected dots and they're like and I just I left the situation completely. I I didn't yeah. even tell them that, that I was there. Nothing not, none of that stuff. I, I didn't even want that to be yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you, you have this, these calls that are coming in that are, that are getting really, really dicey for you mentally and this whole trap thing. Yep. So it's, I'm done at this point. Like, I don't know what else to do. The thoughts of suicide are really coming into play. Like planning to this point is really getting serious. Yeah. And I'm just like I'm also like this weird, like, I don't know how to explain it, but almost like your brain is almost soothed when you, when you think about this out because it's, it's a fix. And, and when you're in that, it's a fix. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately uh, I just have to say it that way. Uh, it's yep. not a fix. Let me be very clear Yeah. that it is not a fix, but so if you're, if you are going through something like that, we'll, we'll definitely help you with the fix for sure. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very hard to explain that, but it's like, I don't know if it's like kind of a, you're getting no resolution anywhere else, like through your healing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they'll start, start eluding in your mind or start, start coming into your mind. And it's almost like a, I know what you're saying. It's, it's weird. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I, I, I get it. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a devil thing in my mind, you know, playing. Oh, yeah, playing yeah, for sure. So, anyway. I 100% agree with you because I know a lot of people don't even go to that realm of things. But, no, yeah. I mean, we're we're 100% on board with that. Right. Um. So now it's 2022. I get there. there's a there's one of these situations that is so the the like that call was a like the last straw and then you have these stupid little situations that the like the last straw of the straws where it's just something that happens at the station all of a sudden you just go off yeah to the point where you're so embarrassed you have no idea what's going on because somebody was just clowning around with you and all of a sudden it turned into some serious stuff and yeah that then and there was that was it. That was like, okay, I can't even handle that. I, I gotta, I gotta do something. Yeah. So. Was that the day uh, you let called me back, me? Let me back up a little bit. Uh, during this, between the call and the time that this happened, uh, the, the, the last straw, I would say the the incident at the station or whatever, there was a time period in there where, these thoughts and plannings of suicide were getting real, real serious to the point where I acted on this 
I don't know if you want to call it acted, but it 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 was. I mean, as close as you can get without doing it. Um, yeah. So, and I'm not gonna sit here and, you know, you, you get some people. I don't want to say this, but some people might get to the point in these stories where, man, it's just too much to say, or it's yeah, it's time to it's time to be real, and it's yeah. time to let folks know that my story is is this is this is the way it could have wound up. So, it's your story, bro. You tell it how you yeah, want to tell it. Yeah, yeah, and, and as much as you want to tell, you know. Yeah. Um. So I'm drinking one night, and I get. I get to this place where I know that I, I mean, got guns everywhere. I know that that's obviously an option. Um, so I get to the point where I'm, I'm just blitzed, drunk, just out of it. And, <clears throat> uh, studies show that, you know, nine times out of 10, that substance, alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be, is going to be part of somebody's suicide and uh it's true yeah so i i get i go to my closet and you know i i did you know i grabbed my gun and i i went as far as putting it in my mouth and squeezing the safety trigger down on the trigger on a glock 19. yeah and at that point, I mean, it was only just a little bit more pressure that it, it was going. Um, but I, I either got scared, I either got something. I, gosh, it was just, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. And I'm so, man, thank God it wasn't meant to be. Yep. Gosh, I mean, every time I say that, and it, and it hadn't been often, I mean, it, it just, it really creeps me out. It really is so strange to say scary that to I got to that is. place. Yeah. It's, it's scary. It's bro. creepy. Yeah. <clears throat> I knew, I knew with a sh without a shadow of a doubt, that was it. If yep. I did not get help, if I did not get some relief, some thing going, it was bound to happen at some point. One yeah. of my plans was going to go through and it was just going to happen. Yep. And I knew this. So shortly after that, uh, going into, you know, before we get to getting into the, the help side of things, I remember seeing your, uh, Facebook page post one night. I was drunk this night too. And this was after I had, uh, stuck that gun in my mouth and mm -hmm. went so far as to do all that. Uh, I saw a post on Facebook that you posted. I can't remember what it was about, but it touched me so much. And like, I just let it all out. I cried and I, I called you right then and I told you what happened and lo and behold, I didn't realize it, but my wife was in the house at that point. And she heard the conversation, at least my side of it. Yeah. And she came in there shocked. I mean, of course, shocked. Uh, sure. Couldn't yeah. probably can't describe it. Mm -hmm. I let her know this was what was going on, and you know, 
golly, it just, yeah, it, it just crazy whirlwind at that point. Yeah. It wasn't no ignoring at this point. I remember that. I remember the call, you know, and I was talking. And it's not a good place to be, man, for anybody, you know, especially for a brother, you know, that you worked with for so many years. And it's just, I think I had just got back on duty. Is that right? Yeah, not, you not, were, because I called you because I knew that you had already been through a bunch of crap again yeah. and you had gotten some treatment and you know we so you were already relatable in a way yeah. and well the good thing was that 10 years we, that you know at that time resources were already starting to get built right and i think yeah. we were like in the infancy stages of peer group time or, you know start getting our peer group going i don't even know if it had really even started yet but we were like the talks were going with chief saying hey this has got to happen kind of thing you know what i'm saying right i think i had taken some classes through the international so i'd had a little bit of training at that time uh oh yeah and uh so it was it was this point in time where you know in 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 so you know so y'all know too at this time it was it wasn't spending time with the family. It was outside drinking. It was in the shop running power tools, drinking. It was risky behavior there. I mean, hell, I could have lost hands and fingers. And I was thinking to myself, well, it would let me get out of this career at least. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just weird thinking, just crazy yeah. stuff. Um, not that I would purposely do it. It just, oh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it didn't care. <clears throat> didn't care. So I'm not. I'm not spending time with my family during this, this, you know, time. And I'm practically, there's a couple of years there. I didn't even see my family grow up like yeah. as a unit, the, my kids. Yeah. Here and there, but man, I was, I was out. I was, I was checked out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once that came out, that phone call to you and Melissa, like it, it, it snowballed into a, uh, a great thing. Um, yeah. it didn't really necessarily happen immediately. Um, but I do remember. So at this point in time, this is when the situation at work happened. It was like the last straw that I could handle. And, uh, this wasn't even a call thing. This was a just station life stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I remember coming in the next shift cussing everybody up a storm that morning at shift change at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. Whoever had, whoever was in earshot was hearing it. Y'all ain't doing this to me anymore. Y'all, you know, just really just giving it to them. I mean, yeah. they, shit, they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. They absolutely <laughs> like this dude has lost some shit. Yeah. And that's when I broke down right then and there. And I said, I can't do it anymore. I can't yep. be here. I can't be here. I need something. Yep. And that's when I remember you coming up there that day, same day and getting you things rolling. You called me that morning. If you don't remember, but you called me that morning and I remember. See, I, there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, I had I to. When you called me, I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You it know? was, it was early because. By the yeah. time, I mean, I don't even remember, dude, I, I was in such a nervous breakdown at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning. And I went through that whole ramp, uh, rampage of cussing and 
yeah. telling everybody off. And then uh, that I remember getting that phone call and Ooh. I told my wife, I'm like, I got to go. I got to go up here to work. Something's going on with Brooksy. So I remember getting up there like as fast <clears> as I could. And uh, yeah, it was just like, okay, are you ready? Yeah, you knew. Yeah. You knew a brother was ready. Yeah. And, and thank God that there was, I, I can't imagine, you know, I, I, the second time that you were uh, kind of lost in limbo on what to do, that was kind of my first time. But I'm so thankful that for my, the second time of going through some stuff that, you know, you were there and it was already, there was some experiences already done. And because, man, I, I can't imagine being messed up mentally going yeah. through a big fog and then not only that having to figure it out too. So the help yeah. side of it. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's when so many years went by un uneducated on resources and something as simple as just, you know, we, we sat at the kitchen table and we bullcrapped after bad calls. Right. Right. And just talked, talked through. It. And that's a lot of times that's all it really takes. It's just, you know, you're doing peer stuff and you don't even know you're doing peer stuff. Exactly. But, and yeah, ninety nine percent of the time, and that stuff works, and it sloughs off, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. going back but to then it. There's those times that you know you run those pediatric calls or whatever, you know, bad trauma calls, and mm -hmm. it takes a little bit more than just that, you know. Right. And we wasn't we wasn't doing those things, you know, for whatever reason, no. we just didn't have the resources there. So right, you know, you'd hear you about through, it. Yeah, you know, I I'd between the first and the second time that I kind of went through this stuff, uh, I took a course. It was a peer course is what it was, but I'd learned a little bit about the EMDR stuff, you know, and dude, it made all the difference in the world for me, you know? Well, I get, so I get into that program, a mm -hmm. different counselor, but same overall parent program. Yep. Um, I get, I get connected with, a group of firemen that was, uh, it wasn't substance abuse altogether. It was alcohol abuse. It wasn't everything else. Now, some of those guys had done other things, yeah. but that was the main gear towards that group. And then there was other groups with other things that they maybe be addicted sure. to. Yeah. So I got, I got connected with them and I was going once a week all the way up into Frisco doing that and enjoying yep. it, enjoying mm -hmm. hearing them. Well, you knew you wasn't alone. You wasn't the only one that was dealing with the crap, you know, and that's that's a very hard thing to go through and not knowing that there's other guys out there that are dealing with the same crap, right? It's like you're the only one. Or that's how I felt. Like I was alone. Yeah, you're 100% right. Especially in the realm that we're in, you know, like, man, we're, you don't think that other guys are struggling with mm -hmm. this in our industry. Yeah, you're talking about lose hope. It's like there's nobody out there that knows what I'm going yeah. through. Yeah, and you damn sure ain't going to say anything about it. No, it's just the opposite of that. There's a lot of guys out there that go through it, right? That yeah, don't want to say anything because of the stigma. You know, it's that weakness that people think it's a weakness. It's not a weakness, but it's just something that you go through. Right? Yeah, it. you just got to be willing to stand up and say enough is enough. I'm not going to deal with this crap anymore. No you know, yeah, and get the right help. Get to right. the right clinicians, the the vetted clinicians, the vetted doctors that know how we live our lives as first responders, yeah. fire, police, EMS, whatever it may be. We're just a yeah, little bit, you know, it. our stuff is just a little bit different. So, yeah. and, and going off of that, there may be somebody listening that is like, I don't know a name for that, or I don't know what this is or what that, you know what, if you're needing help, 
that's where the PhDs and the doctorate degrees come in. And you ain't got to know a name for it right now. Just, yeah. you know, raise your hand and, and be counted because. So yeah, I need help. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's just, that's, that's down the road, you know, yeah. all those types of things, but you're going to initially get some stuff. So yeah, going into uh, that aspect of it, <clears throat> I get into that treatment program mm -hmm. and it's all outpatient. It ain't nothing, you know, right. yeah, I'm yeah. at home for three months, but off work, getting out of that stressful environment. So that's helping. That's step one. Yep. It's like we're trained in our jobs to get somebody out of the heat. If they're having a heat emergency or cold, get them out of the cold basic life survival. So getting out of the, uh, stressful environment and I get in, I get in con or the, their doctors, uh, start checking hormones and blood, uh, tests and start figuring out, okay, well that's off and this is off. So they get all that intact. Um, yep. along with the counseling at the same time. And then that peer support group for the, the alcoholics, um, mm -hmm. you know, so all of this stuff has happened all at one time. And it's, it, at first it's like nothing's happening. And then a few weeks in, you're like, whoa, I feel insane. Good. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not as crazy as deal. I, I, I might've been crazy, but I wasn't crazy. <laughs> there, was crazy. A reason, there was a reason behind <laughs> this craziness, right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. You're validated. You're, mm -hmm. you're validated in what you were doing. Absolutely. In, in how you were feeling, I should say. Yeah. Um, so it, it continues on and, you know, it's a year and some odd months now that, you know, it's no alcohol for me. It's so put in so many situations now where awesome, I, I don't even care about that stuff. It's, it's not a, uh, Oh, well, here I am bragging because I know that there's, you know, there's a lot of people out there that struggle with that and it, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah. And I know that, you know, it, it may have just been one of those deals where it, it it lined up for me right that I was able to get off of it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it was, I think, I, I mean, I obviously know it was the Lord helping there, but I think it was all the other things together as one coming together. Yep. And really locking this in. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. All those things put together. Right. For me, it was, yeah, you know, doing right. the counseling, you know, being on the right medicine, uh, if you need it, some people don't need it. Some people do, <clears throat> uh, all that stuff together. Man, it's like, it's that's it. That perfect combination. That is so, a good, great way to put it. It's a great, great combination there. Um, and you know, so <clears throat> Tom is, is, is doing you know, it's, it's spending time with the family now, instead of isolating, it's really seeing yeah. my family grow up and be a part of that. It's not yelling at them every 30 seconds. Now it's not being the asshole at work. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> so and I'm super proud of you. I mean, I, I saw both sides of that. It's like, you've seen both sides of my story. It's way better on this side. You know, it's, it's yeah, way better it seeing you on this side. It's way better to sit on this side with you. Right. Same. Yeah. And I'm just like super proud that you took that step and you got help and uh, you're part of the peer team now. You're one of the lead lead guys on our peer team. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, dude, it's it's exciting and I'm super proud it of is. you. And just awesome, uh, man. Great stuff, bro. 
it I is love that story. It know? is great. And yeah. you know, nowadays it's it's you look at such little things and think, man, I, if I wasn't here for that, or golly, yeah. I I could have missed that. I mean, yep. it's just something as simple as me going out there and catching fish or seeing the the kids do something s- simple or I don't know. It's just yeah, you're it's able awesome. To enjoy life in a different way now. <clears throat> it is, sure. and you know, I guess <clears throat> I guess one thing that. I would leave with. Yeah. Uh, I would just say to, let's just say that you're not in a, let's say that you're in a, one of these organizations of, of a department, uh, police, fire, EMS. I don't, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, dispatch. And you're not, you don't have a title of leadership, but you've been there a while. You have some, some merit, some credibility, you know, you're a leader there and, uh, your story matters. Um, if you've, if you've been through some stuff, people, people listen to that. People love transparency. Yeah. Uh, as much as I feared it, it really is freeing. Um, but on the, on the side note of that too, on, um, you know, a lot of people will, uh, and I'm speaking to leadership, actual leadership at these organizations at this point, if you're listening, if, if there is somebody that needs help, this isn't just you know, made up stuff. This isn't, this isn't because, you know, you, you grew up with thinking that it, this stuff doesn't exist, it, but it, truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. And, uh, so just be, be patient with some of, of your subordinates. Yeah. Uh, if they need help, you know, retaliating in, in a way that, that would be, be more detrimental to their mental health is definitely not the way to go. Mm-mm. Um, being, and I'm, I'm going to say that I won't name the city, but they have here in the Metroplex, they already, and I know they're not the only one, but I just heard it from them, that they have a SOP in the city handbook that they don't get reprimanded for going and having mental health leave or getting help. They have yeah. a job to come back to. Yep. Because that's who's good at the job is them. Yeah us we're good at the job we just need a little bit of of, of help sometimes so yeah, a little bit of grace sometimes that's it you know we're not robots but we're not psychopaths either i mean yeah. you know we we feel things we're human so you know I, I know that that i'm not i'm not trying to change i'm not gonna change anybody's mind maybe maybe i can um uh there comes a time where you either believe this stuff is real or not. And yeah. guys, it, it's, it's showing itself that it's real through yeah. statistics. Sure it is. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I read, I read the, some of the numbers, man. I mean, look at the numbers. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank it's you for, pe- thank you for saying the numbers because some people need, some people are in that data mindset. Yeah. Where that maybe they, they have an accountant mind or they, they, they like data. Yep. And they need to hear that, so that's good. I mean, 2000, 2018, 119 suicides. And this includes five fires, EMTs, and dispatchers. 2018, 119, 148, 
and then where we're at today. Yeah. 2023 already at 52 suicides for the year. It's unacceptable. We got to do something to change this. I mean, yes. Yeah. And I I like it that, you know what? You shared your story. Uh, God's led you to do this podcast to save lives. I've shared my story and it's about them at this point. Um, You know, that it's about that. It's about that person and the need uh, for sure. Yeah. 100%. They're, it's, it's going to, this is going to be doing some great things. Well, thank you for, that for coming on. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, awesome. I'm glad you were, you shared your story. Um, I think it's going to touch many lives out there. I know I know that it's touched mine. I mean, you've been an instrumental part in my healing, bro. I don't know if you know that, but you have. Um, same here. Yeah. So we're going to keep kicking butt on that fear team stuff and just That's right. be there for our guys, you know, the best that we can. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to keep moving forward. Um, before we close up, I just want to drop it. I do on every podcast. 988, the suicide and a crisis lifeline. If somebody out there is struggling or you know somebody that is, don't be afraid to call. Reach out for help. Um, for some reason, you don't feel like you can call that number. Get in touch with us. Freeburn2023 uh, at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. We're just about on, I think we're on every platform now, but uh, yeah, if we don't know, we're gonna find a place, right? We're gonna find the right resource for you. So can you, um, can you yeah. touch on too? Can you touch on, uh, let let the audience know about confidentiality, that, that how serious that is? Yeah, I mean, guys that are coming on this program, they wanna tell their story, right? We're, this is just an avenue for them to come tell their story, to get their stories out there and help break that stigma. If you don't want anybody to know that you're going through problems, then that's completely okay. Uh, confidentiality is there. We don't say anything to anybody, you know, um, that's just the way it is. You know, if you don't want nobody to know, we're not going to say nothing. You know, we're going to put you to the right people that are not going to say nothing. So don't let that be a deterrent to you if you need help. So, confidentiality is there you know guys like me and adam and guys that are coming on this program um we want to tell our stories we're just to a point now to where we don't care anymore we want people to know that it's it's something that you can go through as a first responder and uh it's okay to reach reach out for help it's okay not to be okay Um, it's okay to be okay so you know that confidentiality is there so don't be afraid or afraid to reach out if you need help. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sir, for the invite. I do appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to the next one and the next one whenever you come on again, because we'll I'll probably be check here. back in with you and see how things are going down the road. So okay, that's about sir. it, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate you it. You need me. I'm here. You know that. Absolutely. I'll, I'll see you in a few days. Okay. All right, brother. See you, man. Be careful. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Freeburn 2023 podcast. If you or somebody you know is in crisis, reach out to the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or if you're looking for counseling resources, contact us at freeburn2023 at gmail.com. We'll do our best to get you where you need to be. Let's keep burning that stigma one podcast at a time.